As followers of Jesus, we've been given the task to share the good news, good news, of his love and his forgiveness to the world. The truth is, however, if we would be completely honest this morning, is that we have not always been the best sharers of his good news. So on the, let's take the one side first. On the one side, we have chosen to be more silent with our faith. We have felt like that we, we wouldn't have the answers if someone would have questions for us. Or we didn't want to speak up for fear of rejection. Or, or to possibly make the other person uh, feel awkward or offended. Or maybe we have not shared because of our own spiritual apathy. Recognizing that there are times that we just don't feel like doing it. We feel like we might not take very seriously the great commission Jesus gave to us to say, go and share this good news of my forgiveness and my love for each person. Go and share that in the world. So sometimes we just say for what it is. We all go through those times where we're a little spiritually lazy and so we haven't been sharing. So if some Christians are meek and quiet about their faith, that's the, the one side of the spectrum. Let's take it now to the other side of the spectrum where some Christians can be loud and obnoxious with their faith. And this is where most of the negative stereotypes of Christians come from. We've heard, for sure, we've heard the bad commentary on Christians, you know, Bible-thumping, being judgmental, holier-than-thou, and hypocritical. I think each of us would agree we don't want to be labeled this way. And herein lies another reason why we shy away from sharing our faith. We don't want those labels. But I believe there is a better way. Often it's that middle way between the two extremes, a more balanced way for us to share our faith in Jesus. You know, to, to go beyond our being silent with a more privatized faith and yet not go to the other side where we are rude or offensive, again, receiving those negative labels. There is a more balanced way, and that is why we are engaged in this One Life initiative. That's a big reason why we are doing this. To find a more balanced way, a better way, than maybe we've traditionally felt about evangelism. 
You know, that E word that can be very scary. Like, well, you think, if, if it has all those negative connotations and, and I don't want to be offensive and I don't want to be labeled, so we feel like I'm just not going to go there. I'm not going to share. But then if we go there, then we realize there's something else in our soul that starts to speak our own conscience before God that says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Good news is supposed to be shared. Good news is supposed to be shared. And I think we can share it in a way with the help of this one life direction to share in respectful ways and loving ways that will not be off-putting or offensive to non-Christians around us. So I want us to look at the difference today between traditional evangelism and one life evangelism. We have it up on the screen here. It's also uh, in your notes in your bulletin. So begin to kind of take a look at that. As you look at the left-hand column, you'll see traditional evangelism. And I'm sure you would agree that this approach does not work very well in our culture today. But as you look at the right-hand column of one-life evangelism, you'll immediately see the differences and feel like this process over here is a process that both honors God and honors the people we're trying to reach. We want to give a sense of honor to God and to others. Never disrespect, ever. So let's quickly go through these. With traditional evangelism, it's mostly about encountering strangers. And that's where that stereotype of the street corner preacher comes in. You're like, I don't want to go on a street corner. I don't want to do that. You don't have to. You don't have to. So instead of encountering strangers, One Life Evangelism says, engage friends. Or people like we're talking about, your One Life, that you say, I'm going to begin a friendship with this person that God loves very much. Traditional evangelism is more of a one-time event. You know, kind of getting, getting that sale done. You know, are you saved? One-time event. One life evangelism is more of an ongoing process. Traditional evangelism answers questions. You know, this is one thing I said before. I've I struggled with along the years. I feel like I have to, you know, have all the answers. Or some of you guys sometimes feel that way. You don't. You know, that's a very anxious way to live you know, spiritually. I feel like I have to have all the answers. No, you don't. God has the answers. And sometimes when you're asked a question, it's okay to say, you know, I'm not really sure on that. I'm going I'm to look into that. I'm going to look at my Bible. And let's talk more about that. More people want to hear that out of Christians. To say, yeah, I'm going to kind of look into that. And let's, we'll talk some more versus you don't really know, but then you try to come up with an answer. Okay? And so... It's, it's okay to also ask questions. And we're going to learn more about that here a little bit today. It goes from a one-way presentation, kind of a me to you, to a two-way conversation. Where the other person is involved in this. It's not just you kind of pointing the finger and saying you the prepared gospel presentation. It's two-way conversation. 
On the one side, it's the traditional evangelism says we, we want to be understood. The one life way says, uh, I want to understand where this other person is coming from. From there, you'd all have a better way of understanding what kind of ways to talk spiritually and, and, and where they are in life. And lastly, we have the traditional side of mostly talking to the one life evangelism, mostly listening. In our non-Christian panel that we heard from last week, we heard from Ryan and Skyla and Megan. And they said that they were very willing to have spiritual conversations with Christians as long as we were willing to do it in a respectful way. You know, asking them questions and then listening with care and empathy. They said that our lives of faith would be much more accepted by them and would have a much greater impact in the context of a growing friendship. They were helping us to understand a better way to evangelize. They wanted us to simply open the door of faith Just open the door and and invite them to go through in their time and not to open the door and then push them through it. They they didn't want us to force our faith on them, but they're willing to hear about our faith. They are. They wanted us to care enough to ask questions, both spiritual and otherwise, to get to know them as a real person and not treat them like a project. They said it would be very nice if we as Christians would be more interested in hearing from them. Hearing from them. Uh, Not simply being interested in hearing ourselves talk. Philippians 2 verse 4 says, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So there it is. As we begin to build a a friendship with our one life, we need to be continuously interested and curious about who they are, what they've gone through in the past, what they are going through in the present. As I said last week, there are three D's in this One Life Life initiative. The first D, we remember, is to develop a friendship. And the second D is what we're emphasizing today, and that is discover their stories. And listening to and discovering the various stories of our One Life is a pivotal point in developing that friendship. The friendship that leads to faith and friendship with Jesus. It has to start with a friendship from us to then lead us all closer to our Savior. And so you might be thinking, okay, discover stories. That sounds all right. 
How do we do it? So here we go. We're going to go through a few steps in the process. We have this in the bulletin. We have it up here. To help discover the stories of your one life, remember to intentionally make time. We've already been thinking about and praying about in the recent weeks, saying, God, who is my one life? That's been our big question we're coming to again and again. Lord, who is my one life? It's the person that God wants to use you to reach out to, to be a loving spiritual influence, especially to many people. And the three panelists that we listened to showed us, and this is true, there have been many people, unfortunately, that have had bad experiences with Christians or in church. And we want to be a healing uh, presence, a helpful presence going forward in the lives around us with God and with the church. And so in asking God and keeping our eyes open around us, whether it's at work or a team you're on, a group you're in, just whatever it is, is have your eyes open and say, Lord, who is that one life that you want me to reach out to? But then, once we realize this is my one life, then now you have to intentionally make the time to be with them. This can be difficult because we're so busy. We're all so busy. So that's why I said intentionally make time. You're going to have to be intentional about it or it won't happen. Just making the time. You could, with your one life, you could say, let's go out to lunch sometime. Let's get coffee. You know, invite them out to play golf. Invite them over to play cards. Whatever it is, doing something together with that friendship and that time together. Next point, seek first to understand. Now, in college, when I went through probably my most uh, zealous period of sharing my faith, I was totally focused on making sure that I was understood. It's true. That was my focus. Uh, not, not so much that they understood you know, my life story, you know, who is Andy, all about my family and this and that and the other. No, but to make sure that other, the, someone, the person I was talking to understood the gospel message. You know, so we had, we had point A and point B, point C, point D to lead to J, Jesus. You know, kind of like, okay, I just want to make sure you understand. And this is good news, it's good news, but I just want to make sure you get it. Oh. As I look back, I realize that my heart was in the right place. You know, wanting people to have joy and peace with our Savior. But I realized that my methods were not very good. So I, I can see that now. It's good, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. We see better when we look back. And so I realized that. There's been times in my past where I've come on too strong, for sure. There is uh, an old prayer 
that's attributed to uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And I think we have that uh, up here. This is, a, this is a portion of his prayer. I remember this from years ago reading this. I thought, that's, this is good. This is good for me. Uh, it's good for us. He said, Lord, grant that I may not so much seek to be understood as to understand. It's basically saying, Lord, help us to understand the other person, where they are in life, where, where they are spiritually. So this has taken me a lot of years, and I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I'm working on it. So my hope and prayer is that everyone, we'd, we'd work together on this. As we spend time with our one life, developing that friendship, may God help us to put aside our need to be understood and so we can understand them. Maybe understanding where they've been spiritually and no one else has taken the time to understand, to understand why they maybe have had issues with believing or with coming to church. There are a lot of people out there that have issues and I think there's a lot of Christians, including us, who are not asking the questions, who are not seeking to understand, and that's on us. I'm not trying to be mean about it, I'm not trying to be judgmental, you know, but I'm just saying, all of us, that's on us. God wants to use us in a greater way in this day to understand many of the people who are not in our pews right now. Many of them have reasons, and we can be used by God to help them get over those hurdles and to say, wow, maybe God is better than I thought. Maybe the church is better than I thought. And a pivotal part to seeking first to understand is, next point, asking good questions. Ask good questions. Do this with your one life. This takes the pressure off. You feel like you have to answer all these questions. No, this is putting it in reverse. To say you be the one to ask them questions about their life. And be all aspects of their life. You know, about their family, about their upbringing, where have they lived, what have they done, about their work. You know, things that they're, uh, th good things that are happening in their life. You say, yeah, these are good things happening, but also to learn what they're struggling with in life and then to be there for them in those struggles. You know, the asking questions, I realize this is where we need to learn from our master. See, Jesus, if you read the Gospels of the New Testament, you see that he actually asked questions a lot, a lot. So... This asking questions comes from what Jesus did. We're trying to follow his footsteps. A couple questions I wrote out here when I, when I looked is, Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? He didn't just say, hey, look at me. I'm the son of God. I'm coming here to save you. He said, he, he lived with them. They saw his miracles. They saw his awesome, heard his awesome preaching, all the awesome loving things that he did. And at the end he said, who do you say that I am? Or the question after he served and loved, saying, do you realize what I have done for you? A question. Do you realize what I have done for you? The art of asking good questions takes time, but I simply think that the more we ask, 
the better our questions will be. Now, after we ask, we need to we'll come to our final point here. We need to listen really well. Now, this is uh, another point that I need to confess that I'm not very good at. I am not the best listener. A lot of you know that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Not the best listener. You know, we've, we've heard, heard it said that, that God created us with uh, two ears and one mouth. Come on. Uh, you know, kind of giving us the message then that we should listen twice as much as we talk. I somehow got the message reversed. Because I seem to talk twice as much as I listen. But it's something I'm working on. Realize, okay, God, I, I need to listen better. I'm working on it. This is something that we all can work on. And here's, here's a quote here uh, that I found. That I thought, wow, this, this is me. This is me. And, and maybe it's not only me. Maybe it's not only me. Uh, Dr. Stephen Covey said, Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. True listening and understanding is hampered when we continue to focus on the next thing we want to say. So, as we start to wrap this up, in order to develop a genuine friendship with our one life, we need to discover the stories of their life. And the blend of stories includes, like I said before, their background, where they grew up, their family, their interests, work life, hobbies, all these things are their different stories that make up who they are. And we will do better at discovering their stories if we intentionally make the time to be with them. To seek first to understand, to ask good questions, and then to listen. Really listen with both ears. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us in this process. First, to know who you want our one life to be, each one of us. The one life that you want to use us to, to listen to and to understand, ask them questions, to see who they are and what they're going through, to understand some of those roadblocks that have been there for them in their past with church and with faith. Lord, to use us to help them, that we do it together. Lord, it, that we recognize in and of ourselves we're also on this path of faith. There's a lot of things all of us, myself included, we don't understand perfectly. So we're all on the path. We're all learning together. So help us to, to know that, that for us in our one life and as a church, we're just trying to take one step at a time. 
help us to care. Help us to, to learn the stories of their life. Lord, in time, it won't happen right away, but then to learn the spiritual stories as well. That, Lord, you would be the author of the story of faith in them and the continued story of faith in each of us and that we would grow in our relationship with you together. Together. We're better together. In your name, Jesus, amen.